This is the Gopher Puck Live podcast, episode number 31, recorded Tuesday, January 15th, 2013. Welcome to the Gopher Puck Live podcast, along with Hammy and Vigo. I am your host, Jupiter, who's taken a month off. A lot has happened, but we really don't care because it's who week. And what do I mean by the who? North Dakota. Hammy, are you excited? Of course. Anytime you get to face uh, the who, especially on home ice, it's going to be definitely an enjoyable series. Uh, definitely will be a lot of intensity and I think that we have a good chance for a pretty successful uh, weekend. Vigo, any initial thoughts? Are you excited? You've got to be excited. Come on. I'm excited. This is the last time they'll be here for a couple of years at least. And uh, I know when my family did ticket draw for tickets that uh, the Who Games went number one and two in the draft. <laughs> the so draft. So I'm thinking the Vigo family. <laughs> Well, we're not going to quite get into the North Dakota stuff early here, but uh, all I know is that we're excited. It's it's the best week of the year, especially with the, the, the Who coming into town. And we're going to call it the Who because they don't have a name. Sorry, guys. I like I like calling them the undies. You know, U-N-D and then undies. I like underwear. You know, you know, I saw that in your tweet. I'm like, oh. The undies. The That's undies. Good. Okay, well. Yeah. Whatever floats your boat, whatever floats Especially your boat. Especially if they're crap-stained undies. Oh. <laughs> Not that mine are that way, but, you know, maybe some Sioux fans sure. have <laughs> Well, guys, since we last talked, it's been a good few, uh, three, four <laughs> games, whatever, for the Gophers. You know, they they win the Marichi Classic. They, they, they uh, beat uh, Notre Dame. They sweep Anchorage. Uh, what do you want to talk about first? We go back to the classic, and how about that 8-1 drubbing of Boston College? Hammy, did you see that coming, even with the injuries on the BC side? Uh, no, I, I don't think that anybody would really go into a game against a quality program like Boston College and expect to come out of it with a seven-goal victory. And I, I don't remember what the exact time frame was, but what was it like? Something like 15 years since they've been beaten that badly? Something right? along those lines, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time for them since they got And so, um, you know, it was kind of a, a little bit of a perfect storm in, in the sense that uh, – you know, they're missing their best player at World Juniors. And uh, and he's a hell of a player. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that that would have, you know, I'm, I still think we would have won with him in the game. But nonetheless, you know, that's he's gone. You have some injuries. You know, the Gophers really, other than, uh, you know, Mike Riley, were pretty much at their full strength. So, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a buzzsaw that night. And, uh, you know, it was kind of nice to see. That was the exact word I was going to say, buzzsaw. It was, you know, in ways, you know, it was similar to last year. You know, the, you know, the game at the Frozen Four, I thought was a pretty even played game for a while. And then all of a sudden they just, boom, they just took off. And I don't think the score really reflected how the game went on the ice. Do you, Viggs? No, I thought that uh, Wilcox just had an outstanding yeah. first period and really, you know, when a goaltender plays that way, starts challenging shooters, the net looks smaller. You start missing the net. You start making that extra pass. And against the Gophers, that's just a bad recipe because you just, you know, you give away the chances that you do have, and then you start getting less, and you start giving up some the other way. 
And uh, that game just got out of hand. I was definitely surprised. I think it's a different game if BC's got their veteran defenseman and Johnny Hockey in the lineup. But if Wilcox plays like that in a big game, it's going to be hard for the Gophers to lose. And Wilcox has played pretty well. I mean, he is definitely, uh, well, I don't know if he's the player of the year, but he, he could be. He's definitely the rookie of the year for the Gophers. But Hammy, getting into some other games, I thought uh, Wilcox struggled a little bit Friday night against Alaska Anchorage this past weekend. Yeah, there was. I mean, you know, you, you kind of have to give the guy, you cut him some slack. Given, I mean, you look at his statistics, and he was, what, like 1.6, you know, something goals against and a 92.5 save percentage. I mean, that's better than what we saw from our senior goalie last year. And uh, so, I mean, you really have to give the kid, you know, a little bit of a break if he has a, a few moments here or there where he doesn't do so hot. So. What is that? Is that somebody's like laundry? That that would be my heat. Oh, got to keep it warm and toasty here. Anyways, uh, so I, I think that uh, you have to kind of give him, cut him some slack. I think it's certainly, uh, you know, you'd you'd rather see it against an Anchorage where you, you might be able to make up something like that because they're not the most uh, skilled team in the world, but. Uh, so you can kind of forgive it a little bit from that standpoint. But, you know, he recovered. He played pretty well lately overall against some good teams. And Saturday, obviously only giving up a goal. So, you know, we'll just call it a little blip on the radar. And, of course, he only gave up one goal against Notre Dame, who came in right before the Anchorage series and uh, was ranked number two. Vigo, any thoughts on that Notre Dame series? Or game, I should say. Sorry, I'm just trying to play with my uh, heating cooling unit, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> quit playing with your thingy. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Notre Dame game was such a strange game. You know, it's the middle of the week and uh, Notre Dame's played really well defensively all season. I think you look at their stats, they were, they were leading the nation and scoring defense and it was going to be a slow game. Um, and I think Wilcox played the game he needed to play. Lucia keeps talking about game after game, you know, when there is a breakdown in the, you know, the defense, he's there to make the save. And when you play in the big games and teams start shutting down the scoring opportunities, you need a guy like that. Well, definitely that is the case. He has definitely been our savior at times of season, though I would say our defense has also been a big part of that as well. So, overall thoughts, you know, we don't want to get too much into the Anchorage series because, you know, obviously I, I I thought they didn't play that well Friday night and Saturday night was a buzzsaw. Uh, Notre Dame, a big win. Boston College, a big win. Um, any other thoughts on those games, guys? Ham, do you have any thoughts? No, I mean, I, really, I think the thing that I keyed on um, through the last couple of weeks is just the fact that, you know, before the – first half was, you know, had ended, people were kind of like, you know, what's going on with Bukestad? What's going on with Rao? Yep. And those guys have caught, I mean, major fire the last, you know, five, what, five games since the second half kind of started. And, and uh, they've both been, you know, very good. And you kind of have to say that, you know, that's the one kind of thing that a lot of fans were waiting on, you know, throughout that first half is that neither of those guys had really played, you know, near to what, you know, the expectations were and what their potential was. And, and uh, you know, they've definitely been playing to their potential the last couple of weeks. And if that's, 
you know, a sign of things to come. The Gophers have some really good, you know, things to look forward to. Any thoughts, Vegas? Well, I think uh, the power play has also yeah. been under some, some criticism. People have been like, oh, I'm just expecting more out of the power play. I was looking at the numbers today. They're clicking at 27%. I mean, they're the top scoring power play in the conference. They look great. They gain the zone consistently every series. Um, they, they get the puck around. They create scoring opportunities. Uh, it's, it's looked really, really spectacular. And their penalty kill, also right near the top of the league. Um, and the coaches talk about how 5-on-5, five five, there isn't a big difference between the top teams and the bottom teams. But when you look at who's really successful, it's because their special teams are coming through. Definitely. They have been clicking quite a bit better lately. Of course, they did play against Anchorage, which they tend to load up on power play goals. You know, one last thought I have on, you know, kind of the you know Notre Dame and BC games is that they won the games. This is great for the pairwise. They went 7-0 and this year against non-conference teams. These are good for year-end numbers, you know, trying to get that number one seed or, you know, just trying to stay in that upper echelon of the pairwise. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, that's the one thing that we always talk about, you know, when we look at the season and we sometimes, you know, we think that the coaches don't really place as much emphasis on, the non-conference compared to what they should. And uh, so it was nice to go undefeated in that portion of the schedule. And, uh, you know, certainly that's not going to hurt when it comes to pairwise. <laughs> is that a North Dakota fan I hear in the background? <laughs> I think that is a Sioux fan. That's probably what we're going to be hearing a lot this coming weekend. <laughs> He's excited. What can I say? Oh, is that a cheer? I can't really tell. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, you know, Hackstall whining at the referees. Well, he's not giving the finger yet. He yeah, so does he just, have the flipping him in the bird or anything? Give it like time. That. Give it time. He'll learn. Yeah, he will. Easy. Maybe he'll learn. He'll watch the game on Friday night on TV, and maybe he'll see something <laughs> new he's never seen before. Well, we talked a little bit about the Anchorage series. I don't, I don't know if we really want to go into it too much. Obviously, we're excited about the North Dakota series. But uh, this past weekend, there were some other games. that uh, Obviously, we haven't talked about the rest of WCHA in a while. But uh, we had Tack heading to Minnesota Duluth last weekend. And Duluth comes away with a sweep. Uh, Duluth's been playing much better lately, Hammy. Um, and uh, it's just Tech is a slump buster. Well, that is true. They are, well, it's that according to drunk I thought everybody guy. was a slump buster according to the drunk hockey guy, though. Well, but Tech is specifically, according to him, a slump buster, <laughs> so that's De- what I'm going with. But Duluth has moved up in the standings recently, and they have been playing better than they were early. I guess. Okay. Well, who cares? We'll go on to the next series then, unless you had any thoughts, Viggs. No, just good to see the Bulldogs coming around. You know, they're coming to town pretty soon. I. I'd like to, you know, not have any excuses for those Duluth fans. I want them to be playing well when they come to Mariucci. <laughs> we have CC splitting with North Dakota before the Sioux head on down here this weekend. Uh, Vigs, CC. Well, well, one of the things, you know, it's kind of uh, North Dakota week, so I was focused on them. But they had their two goalies start each game, and uh, Gothberg, the, the freshman, was the one who won the game on Saturday. Saunders, who I've I've heard some people say that he's an experienced goaltender and you know it's going to do well for them. You know, played Friday, gave up uh, four goals and didn't play Saturday. So it'd be kind of interesting to see how that comes in their uh, lineup this weekend. Hammy, any thoughts on that series? 
Yeah, I mean, I caught a little bit of that, and you know, just to piggyback on that, I mean, I thought that uh, you know Saunders. I mean, I haven't, of course, watched a ton of North Dakota hockey this year, but uh, you know, he did not play particularly well that game. I know that first goal was a particularly a softy, and that you know. Um, you kind of, as a Gopher fan, say, hey, if that's what you're going to bring down to Mariucci, that's good for us. So, you know, we'll see what kind of uh, performance they get this coming weekend. We had Wisconsin returning the favor of Minnesota State. You know, Minnesota State headed out to Madison a couple months ago and swept the Badgers. And the Badgers came to Mankato and swept them both overtime games this past weekend. Uh, Hammy, any thoughts on Wisconsin? They are playing much better and you kind of thought they would well i mean there was a couple of things that i thought i mean first of all i um it's kind of like i told chuck schwartz uh you know what six weeks ago or whatever it was when he was lamenting how badly they were playing that you're never as bad as you look at your worst never as good as you look at you know at your best you're somewhere kind of yep. in between and i yep. think that's kind of what we're seeing with them and i think you know to be fair some of it is also they haven't had the most difficult schedule over the last, you know, what month or plus, you know, they're, they've had, you know, they've won the games that you would kind of expect them to win. I mean, these are teams that, you know, granted Mankato is better this year, but for the most part, the schedule that they've had lately has not been particularly strong. So, you know, you, you kind of would expect uh, Wisconsin to bounce back and they're a tough team to play against. They're going to play their style. Uh, it's going to be that kind of, you know, they're not going to be high scoring. It's going to be more of that grind it out, you know, try to keep the opponent. Yeah, I mean, keep your opponent. To, you know, it's kind of like the Gophers were, you know, three-plus years ago where it was like, uh, you know, if the opponent scores more than three goals, you're based, you know, three or more goals, you're probably going to lose. But if you keep them under three, you know, you, you might have a chance. And that's kind of how Wisconsin's going to have to win this year. Well, regardless of the schedule, uh, Wisconsin's winning, and that's obviously building confidence, uh, don't you think, Fig? Yeah, I mean, two close games with uh, Minnesota State, and they both went to OT. I mean, they're going to need those low-scoring games. Um, and, it, you know, McCabe played really well uh, in the World Junior, so it's good to have him back for them. And maybe he brings back some confidence and a little bit of attitude to that locker room. And, uh, you know, they're not going to be facing anybody big until they play uh, the Who in uh, February. So we probably won't know quite what we've got with them for a while yet, but... They are playing better. Definitely. And then finally, we've got Nebraska-Omaha headed to Denver last weekend, and Denver pulls away with three points. Uh, Hammy, obviously, we kind of rode off Denver for a little while there. I mean, they started, they were dropping like rocks, but uh, they pulled it together last weekend. Yeah, and I think you can kind of send a thank you note to Dean Blaze and his horse crap uh, ability to pick goalies. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, they can score goals. You know, they can score goals fine. But the fact is, is that their goalies let basically in beach balls into the net. I mean, they suck. I'm not, I mean, let's not pull any punches. Look at their stats. They suck in net. So, I mean, it's not that going to be that, uh, you know, I honestly, unless they continue to score at a pretty high clip, I wouldn't be surprised to see UNO kind of drop off a bit because you act, you know, you're going to need your goalies to rise to the occasion and you can't have guys in net that have, you know, save percentages that are just barely over 89%. That's just not going to get it done. Not going to get it done. <laughs> Indeed. Vigo, what do you think about Denver's three points? Are they on their way back? Well, they must be turning it around. I mean, we did write them off. I thought they'd be a top half team for sure. Cause their defensemen are, are such talented puck movers and they just weren't getting enough goals. And 
with UNO, man, they've really gone downhill since they played the Gophers. I, I thought they looked really good when they came to Mariucci. And it's like, wow, these guys are, are hanging in there. And with Walters playing as well for them as he has been, I, I was surprised to see them only get one point out of the weekend. All right, so we're midway through the season pretty much. You know, uh, Gophers have played 14 games. A few others have played 14. A few have played 16 games. Uh, Nebraska and Denver are leading with Minnesota, North Dakota right behind them, St. Cloud. It's pretty close there, a bunch at the top. But, Hammy, can you give me your overall thoughts of the kind of first half of the season and how it's gone so far? Is it gone as you expected? What are the surprises for you? What are the disappointments for you? Well, I mean – Based on what, you know, the way that I, this first, you know, the first couple of games of the second half are going and, and just looking at schedules, I, to me, it's sort of shaken out the way that, that I thought, I mean, in the beginning of the year, if I remember correctly, I, I think I had um, the Gophers and North Dakota and Denver, my top three, I believe. And honestly, when I look at the way things are right now, that's kind of, I still believe in some order, in some fashion, those are going to be the top three teams. And I had St. Cloud kind of just right behind that, you know, in that fourth to fifth range. And I think that, uh, you know, they've been a little skittish, especially in non-conference. So I'm a little bit, uh, you know, I'm kind of a little concerned about my pick in their regard because I, they're not playing as well, I don't think. And so they, they might slip off a little bit more than I thought. And, uh, you know, Duluth's been rising lately, so you got to give them credit. Uh you know, if you talked a few weeks ago, you would have said Wisconsin was a disappointment. But, you know, now they've started improving. So I don't know that uh, I see anything. I mean, I think Colorado College, everybody kind of knew was going to take a slip a little bit. And uh, and they have. But, you know, hey, they just had a split with North Dakota. So, I mean, um, I don't know that there's anything that's obvious when I look at the standings that I say is, oh, that team's doing way better than I expected. And that one's doing way worse than I expected. So, Vigo, what are your thoughts in the first half so far of the WCHA? Well, I think when I was looking at the season predictions, I had Minnesota and North Dakota 1-2. I thought they were the class of the WCHA. And if you look at the goal differential, um, they're the top two teams. You know, they may not be the top two teams in the standings, but they've got two games in hand on, on pretty much everybody on the top there. And they look good. I thought Wisconsin would be the third team. Um uh, you know, they've struggled a little bit, but they're right in it. It's only, you know, four points separating the top eight teams. And, you know, you look at those top eight, nine, maybe ten, you know, you put them into an even even strength, neutral site game, any of them can win any night, I think. Uh, the one surprise so far, I think, is Michigan Tech for me. Uh, I thought they would, you know, do better than they have been. They had a pretty good year last year. I think they've got some talent there. Um, a little bit might be their schedule so far, um, but but we'll see. I think we'll see them get a little bit closer in the points anyway. I don't know if they can move up, though. It's going to be tough. <laughs> Looks like it's another Tech Anchorage race to the finish of the bottom of the league again. So, <laughs> Well, let's get into this week then. Uh, speaking of the bottom dwellers, Bemidji's right there at the bottom, too, and they're heading out to Michigan Tech this weekend. Hammy, do you care about this series? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not exactly, uh, you know, something that you're pointing towards and circling on the calendar every freaking year. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think that uh, this series is at Tech, is it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I would probably uh, – 
you know, think that, uh, te- you know, I, I am, I will say that I am a little surprised at Tech as well. I thought that they'd be a little bit better this year than what they've shown. So uh, maybe, you know, it's one of those things where they have a nice second half and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But I'll, I would say that they're probably going to come out of this with uh, um, three points at a minimum. Okay. Vigo, what do you think? I'm going with Tech uh, getting all four points. I mean, Whoa. they lost. They lost by a goal on Friday night to Duluth and a goal on Saturday night to Duluth. They, you know, played really well in the, the Great Lakes Invitational. I mean, they, they won beat, it. Uh, yeah, they it's beat the first Michigan time in forever. Yeah, so that was that was good for them. So you know, I think they're they're underperforming a little bit in the conference. So I think they'll get four points this weekend. Okay. I don't think they're as bad as they look in the standings. Minnesota State heading to Alaska Anchorage. There you go. Another game no, nobody really cares about. Yeah, this one I actually don't care about that much. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll move on. Would, Hammy, you care at all? I think State gets three, though. Okay, Hammy. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I said this on uh, USCHO, and I, I probably should give my props to Anchorage. I mean, I don't know if we'll see them in the playoffs or not. If we don't, we won't probably see them for quite a while. And uh, you know, they. They're a program that, you know, they're obviously they have their difficulties and they've never been very talented in, in you know, in many years, um, other than maybe one or two seasons where they finally broke through to the final five. And they work hard, though. And, and I, I respect the fact that those guys don't quit despite the fact that they have a, you know, pretty crappy record and they don't have much of a shot against most teams. But they still, I mean, when they play the Gophers, they play hard, you know, so you have to give them credit for that. Um, and so I wouldn't be shocked if they get a split this weekend. I'll give them a split. Okay. Okay. Uh, Denver heading to St. Cloud State. Hammy, you're a little worried about St. Cloud. Previously, we've been worried about Denver. I think this is kind of an interesting series. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say I'm worried about St. Cloud. As far as I'm concerned, it can go in the tank. It wouldn't get, <laughs> I wouldn't get a crap. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, when I think about my – predictions for the year i, I did have i had them like i think fourth or fifth so um and, and you know but they've been struggling non-conference and they haven't looked all that particularly impressive and i this was a stretch of time where i really felt like they had to capitalize on their schedule because they had a number of home games in a row yep. um, both in and out of the conference and they have not really stepped up to the plate and taken advantage of it the way they should have and so you kind of have to wonder i mean Denver's not going to be a pushover either um, so to me, this is a series that I, I would probably call a split, and uh, that's kind of been um, St. Cloud's mo lately, and um, particularly in conference. So I think that that's what I would go with. So Hammy's got a split. What do you got, Viggs? I also have a split. Okay. I mean, St. Cloud has just kind of been, you know, Jekyll and Hyde a little bit. They've they've beaten North Dakota and they've lost to uh, Anchorage. You know, it's that's <laughs> tough to do. <laughs> All right, then. Well, let's move on to some Twitter questions before we move on to the main topic today. We've got Eric Jordan asking, what are you expecting over the next six-game stretch? You know, the who, the land cows, and JBSU. And is going 3-3 three and three acceptable? What do you think, Cammy? You think uh, we should be doing better than 3-3? Three and three? At least that's what I think. Yeah, I, was, I know that uh, Cardinal was talking a little bit about it on uh... – on GPL about, you know, the next stretch of, I don't know, like month or so or whatever it was. But, uh, 
personally, my goal out of these next three series would probably be at a minimum to get eight points. I think that that's very important. Uh, um, <clears throat> I think that, uh, you know, you, you sort of expect that one of those series, I, I personally expect that we're going to get two wins out of one of these next um, t- three series. And I would expect at least one win, you know, out of the other two. So I, I, that would be my goal for that time frame would be a, you know, four and two record. Of course you want better, but uh, I think that that for me would be um, something that would be, I'd be happy with. What do you think Vigo? Next well, three think, series. I think eight points is a, a good aspiration for them to try to get. And okay. I, I strongly think that they'll get that. I wouldn't be surprised if they went six and oh, I mean, this is the kind of team where if they're, playing soundly and uh, Wilcox plays the way he's played so far and the special teams are clicking like they are, you know, this is a team that can go on a run like that. Uh, But on the flip side, they've done so well in their out-of-conference schedule uh, that if they were to go three and three, they'd still be okay pairwise, you know, ranking. Mm -hmm. So it's not the end of the world. The sky won't be falling if they uh, go three and three. But I, will, I would expect it would on GPL because it always does. <laughs> yeah, but I think they're in great shape right now. So okay, Joshua Kreitzer asks, I get best eighteen, but is Hall or Parento at forward really better than Riley or Michelson? Personally, he thinks Parento needs to be at D. Good question. He's okay. So he basically wants to know Hall or Parento up forward. <laughs> Which okay, say again now. He what's the question? Is Hall or Parento at forward really better than Riley or Michelson? Um, well, you know, I don't think that Hall's played that badly. I don't front. either. You know, I actually think he's done rather well in in that role. Um, and so I, I I really would prefer him. I I know I would say I prefer him over Riley. Um. You know, Michelson, it really depends upon the situation and the role that he's in. Um, you know, if he's playing wing or center or what, what kind of a um, spot he's being put in for me to really answer that one a little bit more definitively. But I would say that uh, I like Hull there. I agree that Parento should be on defense. Um, okay. That would be my preference as well. I think he is a very settling presence back there and, and you know, solid and, and he can, he's reliable. And so... Um, I think with some of the kind of more puck-moving types of guys that we have back there that he's a guy that you can kind of just, you know, allow the other guy to roam a little bit and uh, you can feel a little bit comfortable about it. What do you think, Vigo? Hall or Parento up at forward instead of Riley and Marcus Michelson? It, it's tough. I, I okay. do like seeing them rotate those guys through because <laughs> you're not sure if injuries are going to come into play this year. Okay. And I, I don't think Lucia is comfortable enough this year to just roll four lines. Um, I think you saw in the Notre Dame series, he was matching up uh set line against the Notre Dame number one line. Um, he's doing that more this year than he has in the past. And I, I think you just want to keep as many guys playing that you think are going to play for you. And if it's, you know, playing Parento and Hall up front at forward to get him in the lineup, that's what you do. Because I don't think you want to put Shea up there. Um, I don't think you want to put uh, Marshall up there because you know they've they've done okay in the back end. I think Shea's played better the last couple of weekends than he did early in the season. Well, yeah, I'm kind of thinking that uh, maybe that World Juniors, ex- you know, cut maybe was a little bit of a wake up call for the kid. Hopefully, okay. 
Okay. Well, I, I personally have liked Hall up at forward. Uh, I, I think he hasn't done anything stupid. You know, he plays very well defensively as a forward, you know, up there. So I say keep him up there and use him back on D a few times a game like they he's been doing. So. Yeah, the game is definitely a lot easier to play as a winger than it is as a D. Your, your mistakes are not mm-hmm. quite as glaring. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, Keith wants to know, why are UND fans so upset we won't play the next four seasons? Seems it means far more to them than us. Hammy, what do you think? Are they obsessed over it? Well, I mean, I can't. (laughs) All right, here's the thing for me, all right? And I'm speaking for myself because I know there are Gopher fans that place a lot of importance on this series and whatever, and that's fine. I'm not saying that they shouldn't. But for myself personally, I do not have any problem whatsoever with how the Gophers are handling their schedule Moving forward, uh, I think that all this conspiracy th- talk about how Lucia, you know, was trying to avoid them, and it really wasn't the, the nickname stuff at the time. That, that's just BS, UND crap talk. It's it's ridiculous. The reality of the matter is, is that you know our program has always, you know, the thing about like a John Mariucci and a Herb Brooks and all those guys. Their one of their main focuses was always. You know, to make sure that the hockey within Minnesota's borders was strong. And so it was always important for us to maintain our um, connections to the other D1 programs within the state's borders. I think we all knew that was going to happen. So you got eight games right there that are gone. And then you have the fact that, hey, you got 20 league games that we're going to have in our future. There's 28 games. You got the Mariucci Classic. So now we're basically down to two series that we have left to use up you know, for non-conference. And you know what? One of my favorite series this year is when, when we went out east. I liked seeing us play on a new rank against a new opponent. To me, that was enjoyable. I really had a good time watching it. And I'm glad that we're going to be playing, you know, a BC and, a, and what is it, Northeastern or whatever. I, and Notre Dame. Yep. Yeah, and Notre Dame. I mean, I'm glad we're going to see some variety on the schedule in the future. And I'm certainly um, we're going to see North Dakota again. I mean, Lucia said that, you know, that he kind of wants to play them two years on, you know, um, a series there, a series here, and then two years off where we can, you know, continue to have that variety in our schedule. To me, that's the way to handle it. That's, I like that as a fan. I'm glad. And it's not like that's, that rivalry is going to disappear just because we don't play for a few years. It's still going to be there. And, you know, maybe it's one of those things, absence makes the heart grow fonder. You know, maybe they'll want to play us and beat the hell out of us worse and vice versa. And, you know, so then when we do play it, maybe it'll be even more intense. Who knows? But I like the way it is, and I think that Lucia is handling it perfectly. Do you think it's possible that some of these deals with, like, BC, Notre Dame, happened before the Big Ten Conference was even a suggestion? I mean, if that's the case, you know, Lucia is thinking, hey, I play the Sioux every year, obviously. I, I want to look ahead and play some other teams when, when it opens up. Um, but then this Big Ten comes along, and all of a sudden it might change things. you think that has anything to do with it or possibly has anything to do with it? Uh, I can't personally speak to that. I, I, but, I mean, you know, we've known for, what, almost close to two years now that there was mm-hmm. going to be a Big Ten conference. But some of these so, deals are done many years in advance. Well, yeah, but I don't know that all of them. I, for, I think for the most part, uh, a lot of them are, 
you know, maybe one year out or okay. a little bit more than that. I, I don't know that it's necessarily like college football where you have to schedule, you know, six years down the road or something like that, you know. But, um, but I, I mean, I think there's a, certainly there was a time frame where, um, you know, once we knew that the Big Ten was going to be around, that there was kind of that – you know, North Dakota kind of shot themselves in the foot with all that legal wrangling that they were doing, and um, it did create this unknown factor of whether or not we were going to be able to schedule them because, you know, it wasn't Lucia's decision. And it wasn't even our athletic director. It's the regents that decide, you know, if we can break that rule or not about, you know, the uh, Indian nicknames and whatever, and uh, they weren't going to budge on that. So I think, you know, the whole conspiracy thing is a joke to me, and that's just – bitter talk from bitter fans in a crappy town so that's that <laughs> well i also think some of it too it's like it, it's not the north dakota hockey team putting up this huge fight it's it's the administration it's the the people of north dakota it, a lot of that has been out of their hands as well it's obviously it's it has nothing to do with you know the hockey team so I think some of that's in there too it's it's not their fault it's not lucia's fault it's just the way things kind of turned out Vigo what do you think well I think it's a great rivalry and you know I'm I'm a little sad to see it come to an end with the who but uh at the same point I love seeing the eastern teams I mean it's it's a great refreshing change of pace and at the start of the year when Lucia was kind of talking about the WCHA looking back and being reflective he was talking about how you know, he's helped build Minnesota hockey, you know, helping, you know, Bemidji become a program, uh, Minnesota State become a program. I think it's important for, you know, the people who are involved with that to keep those teams going because I know Bemidji's hurting for attendance right now. They're hurting big um, time. And, you know, with the conference change, it's going to be even harder for them to keep it going. And, the, you know, Minnesota wants to keep the tournament at the end of the year, a uh, 16-team tournament. And if they start losing franchises – you know, they're already getting an exception to get that many teams in the NCAAs, you know. So, you know, if it becomes a 12-team tournament, it's not quite as fun. Yeah. And uh, I always think, you know, if this rivalry kind of gets set aside, you know, when they do play each other and maybe an NCAA game, it's going to mean a lot, even if it's in Denver or Detroit or wherever they end up hosting a regional that has a hard time selling tickets. I, I think you'll see... Minnesota and North Dakota fans go to that game. Well, unfortunately, it's it's just out of everyone's hands. It is what it is. Uh, what can we do besides just kind of celebrate this weekend? Uh, I I personally I think it, it sucks. I, I don't think uh, Lucia and his coaches and his players were all that interested in going into the to a Big Ten conference, but it was out of their hands. It's the you know it's the cards they were dealt. Um. One of the things that we have going here is we've got so much passion for both the Gophers and the Sioux by their fan base. Uh, it's always been there. Um, it's always going to be there. And that's one thing I'm going to miss is that the passion on the, on these weeks uh, with the Sioux fans, the Gopher fans, you guys are idiots, no, you're idiots, the who, you know, the golden chokers, the whole thing. It's always a fun week for me. I don't take it all that seriously. I just have a lot of fun. And that's the part I'm going to miss about this series. So, Well, I mean, you know, I do think that fans need to understand that, uh, you know, our program was built on 
developing Minnesota Mm -hmm. talent, Minnesota kids, you know, developing the hockey in the state. I mean, I know that the other D1 programs in the state don't like to hear it, but we are the flagship program, the team that's been around the longest, that's had the most success. And it's important for the Gophers because of their fan base and, you know, all that stuff to make sure that we keep those connections with the other teams, the St. Clouds and the Mankatos and Bemidji's and Duluth. I mean, that's important. And that's the kind of thing that the Mariucci's wanted. They wanted to develop that kind of hockey within the state's borders. And you don't want to see that go away. And so maybe that means you have to sacrifice a little bit more of, you know, the prime time series that you really enjoy with North Dakota because, you know, some of these other programs need us more. I mean, North Dakota is going to be fine with or without us, okay? okay. And so, and yeah. we're going to be fine with or without them. And, yeah, it's great to play each other and all that. But, you know, some of these other programs, they need us more, a hell of a lot more than North Dakota does. And so um, I just think it's one of those things that you have to think a little bit more big picture. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it goes. And, and just make the best of it. And hopefully we'll develop some new rivalries it's not going to happen overnight in a big 10 conference but over time i really believe that you know we'll see some intense rivalries develop um it just takes a little bit of familiarity uh that's breeding contempt and uh then you'll have some uh more like hotly contested games well go for 80s asking uh how much will playing in state schools hurt the gophers in the rankings i mean it could be playing bemidji state non-conference it's going to drop your. I mean, they're usually they're not going to be as good. It's going to drop your RPI. All this other stuff could hurting playing these in school teams hurt us in the rankings, or is it just something we're going to have to deal with and just to keep building those other programs up, Hammy? Well, I mean, I think it's to be determined. I mean, it really depends upon how they do in their conference. I mean, let's okay. face it, they're changing conferences too, and and they're going to have different conference schedules, and and you know, they maybe they're. I mean, like a team like Mankato, for instance, they could be a top team in the in the WCHA, you know, the future WCHA. I mean, you just kind of have to see how it shakes out. We just don't know yet how that's going to all work out. And, you know, St. Cloud and Duluth are both going to be in the National College Hockey Conference, and that's going to be a good conference. So do I think – I mean, Bemidji – I mean, we look at them now, and yeah, they're kind of on the lower rung, and, and but you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. I think that's the problem: is too many fans get caught up in what they see now, and just envision like that's just going to how it's going to be five, ten years from now. And the you know, because I see these idiots from the National College Hockey Conference, like, oh well, we got six or seven teams in the top twenty, and the Big Ten only has one. All it's like, this is not etched in stone, moron. You know, it's a it's a moving process. <laughs> Penn State's going to improve. Some of these programs are going to get better. Some get worse. I mean, let's face it. Lake State won some national titles. I mean, you know, things don't stay the same. So it's just a matter of letting things work its way out. And we'll see how, you know, good or bad things are five, ten years from now. And then we can make a better judgment. Well, to be honest, I am concerned about Bemidji. (laughs) Um, As far as what, surviving? You know what? Surviving, yeah. I mean... They just get this program built up. They get to Division One. They play kind of, you know, in a weird conference for a little while. They get to their dream league where they belong. And all of a sudden, the big schools split right after they get into the league. And, uh, you know, that it's pretty crappy for how Bemidji is going to have to deal with it after we're gone. Well, I mean, I... 
there's different ways to look at it, though, because, I mean, let's face it, it's not like Anchorage has been this, you know, great success simply because they've been in WCHA or what. I mean, you know, I, maybe it's a matter of they get to a league that's a little bit more on their competitive level and, maybe you know, they have some success and, you know, they're still going to see some good teams non-conference, you know, I mean, the Gophers, they'll see, I'm sure they'll see North Dakota still and some of the other, you know, local teams, so I, I it's not like they're going to be completely abandoned and don't have don't ever get. To, I mean, Wisconsin's the only one that's really seemingly the stuck up ones that don't want to play any of these smaller places. So, I still think that some of these other good schools, you know, like us in North Dakota, they still want to play some of these teams. So, I don't think that'll be a huge problem. You have any thoughts on this, Vigo? Well, just um, you know, I, I hope Bemidji sticks around, but I I think it could be better for them to be out of a conference like the WCHA because, you know, the, they probably have a better chance of making the NCAA tournament. They probably have a better chance of, you know, making that uh, four-seed run to the Frozen Four. So, you know, maybe it's going to work out a little bit better for them. Uh, the team I'm worried about is Huntsville. You know, that's a that's a program that's struggling. They're still looking for a conference, and, you know, you kind of wonder what's going to happen to the anchored schools as this keeps going, you know, if they're going to stick around. Um, so it's it's a big issue for college hockey. You know, you got to support these these smaller programs and invite them to your Mariucci Classic, or you know, try to get them on the schedule. And you, know, you hope all the teams take a little responsibility with that. All right, boys, it's time to move on. We've got a big series this weekend: the North Dakota <coughs> Fighting Who, Who because they don't have a name. Head to Mariucci. Long storied history. Regular season kind of coming to an end, but uh, not only that, we're just going to have great hockey this weekend. It's always good. I, I I don't, well, I'd love to see a gopher sweep. That would be awesome, but boy, the sewer looking pretty good right now, Hammy. I mean, they got their top scores are start, really starting to pour it on right now. Give me your initial thoughts. Um, you know, I think obviously it's going to be an interesting series, I and mean, it's an understatement. But I think for me, the interesting thing is going to be what kind of defensive effort do we see from North Dakota? Because when I look at the numbers and everything, to me, the one telling difference between the two teams is the Gophers are, are actually a much better defensive team. I mean, they're you know almost three quarters of a goal better defensively. The North Dakota, um, our power, or excuse me, their penalty kill is ranked like 37th in the country. Um, so to me, the key is going to be what kind of defensive effort we see from North Dakota. And this is really not the kind of North Dakota defensive unit that we're we've kind of grown accustomed to seeing over the last you know 10 plus years. They're not, you know, when we think of North Dakota defense, we usually think of these big trees that are all physical and you know more of the defensive stay-at-home guys that want to knock your head through the wall, and, and they don't really have that kind of a unit right now. McWilliam is certainly of that ilk, but you know some of these other guys are, for the most part, they've got some good size, but they're not. They're more finesse types of guys. I mean, the Matsons and the the uh, Simpsons, and you know some of these guys, um, Schmaltz. I mean, they're they're not big, strapping, physical guys. I mean, Forbert, I mean, he's a big kid, but he's never been accused of being, you know, this big physical guy. And so that's going to be, to me, a little bit different. I think that uh, it's going to be a little bit less. I mean, I'm sure they'll ramp up the physicality. Don't get me wrong. I doubt it's going to be a big finesse series, but uh, it's not quite the same blood and guts, no pun intended, uh, for, you know, North Dakota on their defenses compared to what we're used to. 
Vigo, it's a huge sports weekend. You know, we've got Michigan coming in to play the Gophers <laughs> in basketball. We've got the Wild starting it up. But the biggest ticket, the toughest ticket, is Gophers, North Dakota. What do you think? Uh, I really hope a lot of the, you know, Golden Gopher fans are stepping up to uh, step up and buying those tickets because, you know, one of the things I'm really going to miss, we kind of we're talking about the end of the WCHA is, is the final five and just the, the wave of uh, green jerseys that you see downtown St. Paul. I hope we don't see that this weekend. I'm getting a little worried that with all the tickets available, <laughs> um, I know that the Gophers yeah, they ain't cheap, but there's uh, 800 standing room seats that I think uh, the ticket office releases for each game, and I know they sold out of those for Saturday, and I think they were almost sold out on Friday for the standing room seats, mm-hmm. so maybe some of those North Dakota people have jobs and they can't make it down on Friday in time. Hard really? to believe. I don't know. I'm sure that some of those guys will just pull a gold tooth out, sell it, and then they'll be able to buy a couple tickets. <laughs> so that'll, that'll be exciting. I think uh, actual hockey-wise, the thing I'm most interested to see is uh, North Dakota's got a reputation for a really aggressive penalty kill. Uh, they really jump on anybody who, who fumbles a puck. We'll see if Howell's back in the lineup. I think um, right after the injury, Lucia was thinking he'd be back for North Dakota. And then as the, the media keeps asking him about it after every game, he's starting to hedge his bets a little bit, and he's a little less optimistic. And um, on Saturday night he said, we'll see what kind of role he has. Uh, we'll try him out in practice, hopefully. Probably going to be a game-time decision. Um, so we'll see. I, I, they tried Riley in that spot on the right-wing circle um, right away when he came back from Ufa. And then they put Warning there, probably a little bit better fit, but he still wasn't super confident there. And with that North Dakota penalty kill being so aggressive, anybody who fumbles a puck, there's going to be a guy right on them. Mm-hmm. Well, that uh, you could say that they're aggressive, but like I said, they haven't been particularly sex successful as far as an actual success standpoint percentage. I mean, 81.7% is not great, and it's 37th in the country, so... Maybe they play aggressively, but they're also you know, certainly uh, making some mistakes on the penalty kill. Yeah, they are they are making mistakes, but I'm just saying it's going to be a little <laughs> bit different than what Minnesota's seen. I mean, uh, the past couple penalty kills they've seen have been pretty passive. You know, try to stop them getting a clean entry at the blue line and then setting up into that box or diamond. But, I mean, they've been given space to work. And on, on the big ice, you know, that's, that's a tough uh, – Recipe for success is against a power play that's clicking at 27%. Well, Hammy, <laughs> what does North Dakota need to do to be successful this weekend? Uh, not show up. Uh, no, I'm just uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, obviously, you know, if they get an early goal, t- kind of take the crowd out of it, uh, obviously they're going to be up for it. We're going to get their best game. Uh I don't know. I mean, what, what do you, you know? I, I mean, look, I, I think it's going to be one of those things where um, really they're going to have to capitalize on whatever defensive mistakes that the Gophers make. I mean, to me, that's really going to be the key if they can, you know, because, you know, there's going to be some mistakes made. I mean, it's just impossible to play a perfect defensive game. Um, you know, there's going to be some mistakes against another talented team. And, and it's really a matter of can they beat Wilcox when those mistakes occur you know he's been very good 
at uh, you know whenever Gophers have made a mistake, he's been pretty good about covering that up. And uh, um, to me, that's that's the key. I, I don't think that they're going to shut us down offensively, especially on home ice. I'm not saying that that's impossible, but given uh, you know the statistics and the fact that uh, you know we've been pretty you know, pretty good offensively, especially as of late with our top couple lines. I, I just think that would be a tall order to expect that uh, it's going to be some low-scoring two-to-one game where they're going to beat us. And I, I have the feeling that it's going to probably, if they're going to beat us, it's probably going to have to be one of those, you know, four, five-to-four types of games where you, you're capitalizing on mistakes. So I guess we'll see. Do they need to goon it up, Vigo? I think it's in their best interest not to goon it up. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, Shyak was talking about this uh, after the series last weekend about how five-minute major penalties are becoming pretty common in the league. And uh, the refs are calling it because that's the way they want the game to be called now. I think if North Dakota gets out of hand, they might be picking up one or two of those. Okay. And What are the odds Danny Cristo gets a five-minute major this weekend? What are the odds Danny Cristo freaks out for no reason? Yeah, I have a feeling. I mean, you know what? This ah! is, I'm going to say this, okay? I'm going to miss that guy when he graduates because he is always worth at least one dumbass penalty per game or series that you can just <laughs> count on being a momentum shifter for your team. And so – I. I'm going to miss that guy. You know, Danny, God bless you. You know, good luck to the pros. You know, you are worth, you know, plenty of jokes and laughs over the last couple of years. You know, I'm sure he's a good kid, you know, at heart. But uh, so, we'll miss you. That major he took when he basically punched uh, Marshall's head into the wall and started whining about it and trips his way and breaks his stick into the main hallway off the bench. Oh, that was just comedy Gold. Well, sticks are expensive, too. <laughs> well, we all know what Wally Shaver thinks, don't we? What a bunch of cheap hose heads. I mean, that's just a fact, right, Wally? Just a bunch of hose heads. I'm glad we're done with these guys. Go form your own league. Yeah, go form your own league, Sue. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure fan. that uh, we'll see if there's any comments made this go around that uh, they'll get Hackstall up in arms, so he has to uh, lose... A little respect for, uh, you know, Wally or whatever it was last time. <laughs> oh, jeez. Sure, and Wally's up at night worrying about that. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the weekend, boys? Any other topics I, you want to talk about <laughs> this weekend? Well, I will say one thing last about North Dakota is that they are pretty reliant on their top line to score goals. I mean, Knight and Crisco have a ton of their points. And if they're going up against Bukestad's line, I think they're going to have a hard time getting the puck because uh, that guy's big as a house and he can protect it and take it coast to coast. So I think that's a big matchup to watch, five on five. How about the return of Rocco Grimaldi to Mariucci? He obviously started out pretty well here last year. Yeah, I mean, I, that's certainly, I mean, that's one of the things I was thinking about today is, you know, the, what are the differences between this year and last year and, and really um that's of course one of them but the, of course the big one for them is that, you know they've lost their big gun brock nelson from last year um and you know so I, he uh grimaldi hasn't made up for that i mean you don't really expect a guy to make up for uh what i don't know how do you have 30 goals last year uh nelson i don't remember how many goals he had but he had a lot so i mean he's a shifty you know, little player though 
Yeah, I mean, he's he, he can that, cause huge problems. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be one of the, that'll be an interesting thing to see. I mean, the one thing you kind of have to, in my opinion, with him is you sort of have to play him as if he's going to shoot the puck all the time because he's not really setting other guys up as much. He's more of, a, you know, he's kind of like a Kessel where you, you kind of expect him to shoot, and if he gets assists, it's probably going to be because somebody got a rebound, you know what I mean? Not, so I, I, that's kind of how I look at Grimaldi. You just sort of have to expect that he's going to, you know, try to drive to the net and create something for himself. And, uh, and uh, so that, that's how I would personally try to play him defensively. <clears throat> All right, Vigo, give us your prediction for the weekend. What's going to happen? Uh, well, I think you're going to see high-paced hockey. I don't think you're going to be seeing teams sitting back in a defensive shell. And I think uh, we see a couple, you know, 5-3 type games, and I, I think the Gophers are going to pull them both out. Wow. Sweep for Vigo. Okay, Hammy, give it your best. Uh, you know, I guess I'm going to – well, I don't want to hedge on it. I mean, I, I do think that the Friday night game is going to be the key game because I really believe if the Gophers win that game, they're going to sweep the series. Um, so it, to me, it's, it's really going to depend upon, you know, how the Gophers come out on Friday night because I really expect them they're going to win on Saturday. Um, and so I will probably go – I'm going to say Gopher sweep. Wow. That's not going to make Goon very happy. Uh, I know he's listening. We know you're listening, Goon. He'll just laugh if I'm wrong, and that's okay. (laughs) I am also going to say go for sweet because we don't like the who. The who suck. And that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) I'm having fun this week. That's what it's all about, having fun for me. I you know, even went over to Sioux Sports and posted a couple of times. I, I felt motivated. Didn't say much, but... Will there be any problems in handshake lines? Will there be Ooh. any, you know, any of that stuff this weekend? Will I think Ambrose it? is going to cause problems. <laughs> He's going to seek revenge. What are the odds that... He's going to take out Rocco Grimaldi. Kyle Rao is going to agitate the sin out of somebody... And they're going to lose their cool. Well, that's 100% because Rao agitates everybody, whether it's on the ice or off the ice. That kid has got a mouth on him, and it's going 24-7 on the bench. I've heard it, and I cannot repeat anything that he says on the air because it all have to be bleeped. As long as he keeps scoring the way he has the last few weeks, he can talk all he wants as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but he needs to be careful. If he does any of this diving crap, you know, Shepard and Hunt are going to put him in the box because we know we're going to get Shepard and Hunt this weekend, aren't we? I don't know. They've do done know? like 10 out of the last 11 series. I swear we're going to get those two morons. Well, I'm sure whoever we get will see some thread next week on Sioux Sports saying that the Gophers got the advantage from the refs. <laughs> Clearly it's a conspiracy. <laughs> it always has been. Papa Shepard has it out for the Sioux. He always will. Uh, the Shepherd brothers have it out for them. Don Adam, God forbid, don't even think. If we get Don Adam this weekend, there's already the built-in excuse for the Who fans. Well, he should like them, right? Because he's going to be their uh, their head of referees for their next league, isn't Boy. he? So they should be proud to have him as the uh, referee for this betcha, next week. Uh, betcha the Who are excited about Don Adam. I don't really think they are, though. 
Would you want him running your league? Well, I know I wouldn't, but apparently they want him. So well, I don't know if they it. want him either. Well, at least the two fans. I don't what think do mean? Don't happy. they control that league? I thought North Dakota controlled that league, basically. Yeah, we have found out recently that North Dakota isn't controlling anything, especially that bang-up TV contract they got. Okay, well, I'll give you that. <laughs> anything else, boys? Not for me. Any more trash talk? Any more I'm, fun? I'm talked out for it. You ready to go have a beverage? Yep. Vigo. I'm just looking forward to some uh, good hockey and a, a big atmosphere and bring it on. That's one thing I am looking forward to, too. It's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be loud. Uh, racehorse hockey, which we all love. And uh, it's going to be a gopher sweep, and that's all we can ask for. Remember, you can always... hear the hymn. What? I hope we hear the battle hymn. Well, we will hear the battle hymn because yeah. they're going to sweep. And if they don't, eh, who cares? Hammy, you can always find you on Twitter at Hammy Hockey, as usual, and you're always posting over on GPL. Uh, Vigo, you can catch him on Twitter at EVigo. And, of course, he writes for GPL. You'll see his stories on the front page when he's recapping the games. And, and of course, we're always here at Gopher Puck Live on Twitter, and uh, that's about it. That's it, boys. No more trash talk. Last chance. I've done my bit. <laughs> yeah, your bit. Bitter fans, crappy town. Well, that's nothing better than that. Exactly. All right. That's it for this week's GPL podcast. And we'll be back next week to recap the Gopher Sweep over North Dakota Fighting Who and uh, preview that series with Minnesota State. Until then, we'll see you next time. 